Several weeks later, Pepper strode down the executive hallway at Stark Industries headquarters. Rhody and Obadiah Stane stood ahead of her, engrossed in conversation. Both men looked upset, and Pepper knew why. As she approached, Stane sighed and went into his office. Rhody headed for the door, but Pepper intercepted him. So that's it? she asked angrily. You're giving up the search for Tony? Everyone's pulling the plug and moving on? Rhody shook his head. There's nothing left we can do. It's been weeks. If there was any indication that Tony was still alive... Spare me, Pepper hissed. I read the official email. I thought that maybe, as Tony's best friend, you'd have something different to say. She turned on her heel and stormed into her office. Rhody followed. Pepper, he began. But before Rhody could say another word, Pepper stopped him. If anyone could figure out how to beat the odds, it's Tony, she said. If it was you over there, he'd be finding a way to get you back. Rhody moved close to Pepper so that no one else could possibly hear him. That's just what I'm going to do, he said. You can't tell anyone this, but I'm going back to Afghanistan, and I'm not coming home without him. Pepper smiled. Maybe you are Tony's best friend after all. Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes stood on the tarmac at Edwards Air Force Base, a duffel bag slung over his shoulder, waiting in a line of soldiers. Everyone in line saluted as General Gabriel pulled up in a golf cart. What do you think you're doing, Rhodes? Gabriel barked. Going back there, sir, Rhodey replied. The general shook his head. Listen, son, it's been three months without a single indication that Stark is still alive. We can't keep risking assets, least of all you. Are you blocking my transfer, sir? Rhodey asked. General Gabriel gazed down the line of soldiers. Any one of these guys would kill for your career, Rhodes, he said. Are you telling me you're willing to sacrifice that to fly desert patrol halfway around the world? I am, sir. The general took a deep breath. Then I have only one thing to say. Godspeed. He saluted. Rhodey saluted back and climbed aboard the plane. Tony finished adjusting the carefully positioned tinsel strips and the laser in the tiny box-like device. He checked the camera in the corner, remaining out of sight as he worked. It had been difficult to disguise what he and Yinsen had been doing over the past weeks. This device would make it easier. He peered through the hole in the front of the box. Inside was a perfect holographic projection of the lab, with the furnace flickering in the darkness. Taking a deep breath, Tony crept beneath the surveillance camera and pushed the box into position. To anyone watching, it would appear as though the lab was quiet and both men were sleeping. They could only use the box for brief periods before its batteries needed recharging, but, hopefully, that would buy them enough time to do their secret work. Tony pulled back his shirt, revealing the glowing repulsor technology heart keeping him alive. He plugged a long wire into the chest plate and then attached a sensor on the end of the wire to his leg. Yinsen positioned an electronic contraption that looked like a piece of hinged metal on a tabletop nearby. He nodded and held his breath. Tony flexed his leg.
The glow of his chest plate, which was powering the device, dimmed slightly. The beat-up laptop attached to the device whirred, making the necessary control calculations. The contraption on the table jumped, moving in the exact same way that Tony's leg had. The two men looked at each other, triumphant.